So if you guys would pray with me. Jesus, I just thank you and I praise you for your word. Jesus, I thank you that you are the word, Lord, the word incarnate. And Lord, um, you became flesh, as John told us. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to continue to worship you as we listen to your word, Lord, including me. And Lord, that we would be faithful to prepare our hearts to receive. And Jesus, that you would speak through me. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So, um, yeah, last week you guys had Matt, which is a treat. You know, That's, I, don't, I don't break Matt out very often, you know. So, you know, I give it to you as a treat. And then uh, when you guys want more, I pull them back just to keep you wanting. <laughs> so, and um, no, thank you, Matt, for being faithful to teach if he's in the room probably behind the pillar or something, right? No, he's not in the room? No, he's teaching the children. So don't you all leave to go to Children's Church now because Matt's in there. So, um, yeah, so Joshua 19, and um, we'll begin. So if you guys remember, they are doing the allotments of land like the Lord had told them to through Moses. And they're being faithful to that. And if you remember, Benjamin was the first one to actually get an allotment to come and ask. Because Joshua was like, what are you guys waiting for? Like, come and ask for your allotment to for your land. And sometimes we can hesitate when the Lord tells us uh, that he has something for us. And as all believers, the Lord, I believe from reading God's word that he has something for each one of us. But sometimes we like to hesitate. We like to hesitate uh, to jump on in on, on God's uh, playing field, and we'd rather sit on the sideline. It was explained to me one time like this, like, we are on the winning team, right? You guys know that? I, I mean, I know the end, and that's really cool. What happens is Jesus wins, okay? So no matter what you read in the paper, no matter what the BBC is telling you or whatever, whether it's truth, which a lot of things that they're telling you are true, you know, like in the sense of like the world is in a panic and there are lots of bad things happening. News channels are very, very um, good at serving us up all the bad news. Like, you know, that's, that's their job. That's what sells, right? So we all listen, we pay attention and let it be a warning to you that that is exactly what the word says. This world will become like the days of Noah. If you don't know what that means, it means that God's heart will be grieved so much because every inclination of mankind will be towards violence and the Lord will grieve and he's already grieving, right? But we're told that this is supposed to happen because the end of the story is this, Jesus wins. And Jesus already told us, I've already won. It's just that the main victory will come when I come back, when he comes back and sets everything straight. And that's our hope. Guys, we sit here and we read the word and the word tells us what, what will happen in the future. And guess what? When it comes to prophecy, the Bible is 100% correct every time. We're going to see that even in today's scripture, that the Lord prophesied through his faithful people and God made it pass. It came to pass, right? So that's something that's really cool. And I think my phone is talking to me. So we don't need you. Thank you. All right. 
So um, I actually get really annoyed when my phone talks to me because I, I'm not asking it questions and every once in a while it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you weren't part of this conversation. <laughs> I was talking to myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, I get really annoyed at that. I, I think you guys have seen in the past where I throw my phone or whatever because I'm just so annoyed that my phone is talking to me and I didn't give it permission. <laughs> so, um, so the second allotment of land went to the clans, this is verse one, went to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Not Simeon Craig's son, <laughs> though his name comes from Simeon, not from the tribe, but from the faithful prophet, I'm pretty sure, of Simeon, right? Their homeland was surrounded by Judah's territory. Simeon's homeland included Beersheba. Now, you're going to hear some names through all of these lists, and I pray that these names kind of remind you of Bible stories on some of them. I mean, some of the names are obscure, right? And then some of the names, like Beersheba, will, you'll remember from reading, you know, the Word as we've gone through the Word, whether it's together on the Bible reading plan or things like that. Beersheba, uh, you, you know, the forefathers would have been there. Um, we'll, we'll read a couple of others. Sheba, Mol, uh, Molada, Hazar Shaul, Bela, Ezem, Eltolad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag. Now, Ziklag, for me, I always remember uh, this is where David lived when he was running from Saul, if you guys remember, Ziklag. So Ziklag was in their territory, but you'll know that even though some of this territory was Israel's given to them by the Lord, they didn't always hold on to their land very well, all right? And, you know, we can look at it like how I used to when I was younger and I'd read about the Israelites, and I've told you this before, and some of you guys have felt the same way, where you're just like, you dumb Israelites, couldn't hold on to your land. And then I started living life, and I realized I'm just like them that sometimes I'm not paying attention and I allow the enemy to take over parts of my life that I should have never allowed just because of me not paying attention or me playing with sin, right? Being tempted and jumping in. And then all of a sudden the Lord wakes me up and I'm like, oh no, I've given the enemy a foothold. I, I need to fight for what's mine, for what the Lord has given me right? So Ziklag was where David lived and uh, for a while with all of his mighty men. So if you think about it, um, so King David lived and he had like hundreds of warriors that followed after him because they knew that God's blessing was on him and that when he did things, he, want, he wanted to have a right heart before the Lord, so they followed after that. It said that when uh, David was there, uh, it didn't say that um, all the beautiful and the mighty and all these people came to him. It actually says that those that were in debt, those that were discontented, and those that were running from the law came to David, <laughs> right? And they found a home with him. And he protected them and they protected him. And it says he lived in Ziklag as he was running from Saul, and, and he lived there. And remember, he came back to Ziklag after he went to go fight 
because at this time he was like um, hanging out with one of the enemy kings because Saul was after him. So he was doing work for the enemy king, though he would raid his enemies. You know, David would raid his enemy's land and take their stuff, but they didn't know he was doing that, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So then he goes to fight with the Philistines, and all the Philistines are like, hold up. This is David, the guy who beats us all the time. He's not fighting with us. We know what he's going to do. So they send him back to Ziklag, and when he arrives back to Ziklag, he realizes they've burnt his town to the ground. They've taken all everybody's wives and children, and King David is like, oh, no. So all of King David's guys are like, David, this is your fault. We're going to stone you. And this is the part that I remember from this story is this. It says, and then David was strengthened by the Lord his God, right? So, so all this pressure is on David. His own wives and children are gone, right? His stuff is gone. All of his men's stuff are gone. And what does he do? He goes and seeks the Lord, and it says, as he sought the Lord, the Lord strengthened him, and he got back up, and he said to his men, guys, the Lord has said, let's chase these guys. We're going to get our stuff back, right? We're going to get our stuff back. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about, right? Because most of the time, we're kind of like, oh, I lost my stuff. That's too bad, right? Right? That's how it is, right? And then well, I called the police, and they told me to file a report. <laughs> well, I had my stuff, and then somebody came, and now I don't have my stuff. That good enough report for you? <laughs> you know, like, but man, the Lord said, go and, go and chase them. I will give you success, right? And they're running after these guys. They're chasing them, and there is no hope in sight for them to find these guys, except they find this guy lying on the road dying, and they revive him, and they realize that this guy was a servant to the, to the raiders that had taken their stuff. And the guys are like, they left me for dead. Now I'm going to tell you where they are. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they tell them where they are. And guess what? They get everything back recovered, and nothing, nothing was, like, touched or broken. Or, and they took all of their stuff, too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So they get back. And the Lord was mighty on, the, on David's behalf and on all their behalves, right? So everybody's like upset at David. And then the Lord strengthens him and he turns around and he's like, hey, listen, I know you guys want to stone me to death or whatever, but let's go get our stuff back. And everybody's like, yeah, I changed my mind. That sounds like a better plan, <laughs> right? And the Lord is good because we can be pressured in our lives because of people if you think about it, that's why Saul was chasing David, because he was pressured by people, and he thought he had to perform before people, and he was upset that somebody was hailed as greater than him. Now, the example that we should take instead is of John the Baptist, right? His disciples come and tell him, that man that you baptized in the river is now baptizing more people than you. You are John the Baptist, that's your name, bro, right? And then this is what John says. No man can have anything unless it's given to him from heaven. He must increase and I must decrease. That's humility. I mean, for him not to get upset and to say, you know what? 
I played my part. I've done what the Lord wanted me to do. Why am I going to sit here and be jealous of God and what God has given? Let Jesus increase. Let me decrease. I'm good. I'm okay. God is good to me. Right? And what does Jesus say of him? Of no man born of woman, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. And what do we get, right? I don't have to fight for myself. Jesus fights for me, right? And then when I go to see him, what does Jesus say to me? You are great. Well done, good and faithful servant. Praise the Lord, right? Let's just stay faithful. We don't have to be like Saul and fail, but we could be like John the Baptist and actually let the Lord do his work. So then Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Laboth, and Sharahen, 13 towns with their surrounding villages. It also included Ain, Ramon, Ether, and Ashen, four towns with their villages, including all the surrounding villages as far as Baleth Beer, also known as Rama of the Negev. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Their allocation of land came from part of what had been given to Judah because Judah's territory was too large for them. So the tribe of Simeon received an allocation within the territory of Judah. The third allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun. The boundary of Zebulun's homeland started as Sarid. From there, it went west, going, going past Marilah, touching Debesheth, and proceeding to the brook east of Jokanim. In the other direction, the boundary went east from Sarid to the border of Kisloth-Tabor, and from there to Deberath, and up to Jaffia. Then it continued east to Galeth Hefer, Ethan Kazin, and Rimon, and turned toward Nea. The northern boundary of Zebulun passed Hanathon and ended in the valley of Iftael. The towns in these areas included Katath, Hilal, Shimron, Idal, and Bethlehem. 12 towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun included these towns and their surrounding villages. So that's as far as we're going to make it today. So now we're going to just start talking about it, all right? So one of the things uh, that I was talking about was prophecy, right? Now, these towns, these tribes were actually prophesied about if you guys remember in Genesis. In Genesis 49, Jacob, and, and we won't look at it today, but just remember that. Je Genesis 49, the Lord speaks through his servant Jacob, which was actually one of the last uh, remaining individual people that God spoke a promise to other than King David. All right, you guys understand that? Now, there's something special about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Because the Lord spoke to them directly and said, my Messiah and my people will come through you, right? 
So first to Abraham, he said, through you. And then he showed up to Isaac and he said, now the line's going to go through you. And then he said, of Jacob, your children, I name you Israel, Jacob, and your children will be the children of Israel. And the, the promise of the Messiah and everything will go through you. Okay? Forget what anybody else is telling you or any other. The scripture tells us that it goes from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the children of Israel. Right? And then the next time God shows up, he says to King David, he says, through your throne, through the throne of David, I will establish a king that will never end his rule. Right? Do we know who that king is? Jesus. Jesus comes through the line of David. Right? So the Lord said what he was going to do, and he has done it. He's done it, right? But then through Jacob, when Jacob was blessing his children, the Lord spoke prophecy through Jacob's mouth, right? So there was something that he said to Zebulun. And he said, Zebulun, you will be a haven for ships. Zebulun's like, Dad, we live in the desert. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Imagine your dad giving you a promise and you're like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> right? So he says, Zebulun, you will be a haven to ships. Did you know that Zebulun's territory actually touched two bodies of water, right? The Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean. And if you know anything about the Mediterranean and its history, there were plenty of ships there. And Zebulun's people would have welcomed those ships and they would have welcomed the ships on Galilee, right? That our own Savior walked on water, right? How cool is that? For the Lord just to give a little promise and to say, hey, you'll be a haven for ships. Okay. Well, the only water we have around here, Dad, is a well. <laughs> and I don't think there's going to be many ships in there, right? But the Lord knows what will come to pass. And guys, it's not like, oh, God just sees the future. No. God stands outside of time. He sees it all play out like a picture, right? Like when we see a tapestry being woven, we just see the pieces. And usually we only see the back of it because it's being woven and we don't see the picture going on. But God stands on the other side knowing the plan and what he's knitting together. And a lot of times we're looking at the pieces of our lives and he's just knitting the back of it. And we're just like, this does not make sense. God, what are you doing? And we have to be able to trust our heavenly father and say, you know what you're doing. And I trust you. And I want to live in that trust. I want to live in that trust. Right. Let me tell you something recently. Like recently, I realized that my stomach was hurting a lot. Like honestly, my stomach was hurting a lot and it had nothing to do with the food. I checked what I was eating and had been hurting for months. And I was just like, what is going on? And then I had a chat with Claire, you know, my doctor. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and Claire said, how are you doing anxious wise, because here's the problem with me. I don't ever really show my anxiousness, right? Like 
You guys don't really walk up to me and say, oh, wow, Dave, you look really worried and anxious, right? Because I, I've learned to try to just be cool and calm. It's good. God is good, right? And this is what I realized. I was forgetting to bring my cares to Jesus. I was thinking about them, and then I was very busy, and that thought never made its way in my life over to Jesus' feet for me to lay there and say, I don't want to worry. These are yours. I don't care to be anxious because my anxiousness, as you told us, my Savior, in the book of Matthew, that worry can't add a, sim a single inch to my height. In other words, worrying doesn't change anything, but the Savior does change things, right? So, you know, like these past few weeks, I'm not having stomach pains. And it's because, not because I'm a genius, but because I've remembered to bring my cares before the Lord and say, I leave them here with you. I trust you. I trust you, right? Simple, easy, and, and so quickly we forget, or I forget, right? That I can bring them to him no matter how big the worry is. You know, because I was a little worried about, um, about Tom's wedding, right? Because I was leaving church, and so was everybody else that helps me to handle things. So I was anxious about that. I was also anxious because my brothers and I were putting up the tent to Tom's wedding, and we had never put up this tent before. And it was 40 by 100. And I'd never been to the land where we were putting up the tent. There were a lot of ifs. What if happens, right? And the Lord told me, don't worry about those things. Bring them to me. Bring them to me, right? And the Lord is good. He's so good, and he knows. Now, let's move backwards back to Simeon, right? Do you know what the prophecy was for Simeon? One of the main prophecies for Simeon was? It wasn't a good one. I'll tell you that. It, it didn't sound like good news. Because Jacob had laid Simeon and Levi together. They were brothers. Now, there was something that Levi and Simeon did that was um, very hard to forgive, okay? They killed a whole town. Their, their sister, their blood sister, had been raped by a prince of a city. So Levi and Simeon didn't leave it laying. They came up with a plan right? So this guy that had raped their sister said, oh, I love your sister. You know, what, what can I do to marry your sister? And they said, I have a plan. And they said, oh, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to be like us. And you grown men, you're going to have to go circumcise yourselves, you and your whole town. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, don't ask me, go look it up, okay? <laughs> but these men were in pain, right? And the whole town had been circumcised because they had convinced the prince and his father, the king, you've got to circumcise yourselves. So then they came in and they said, we've all got to circumcise ourselves, guys. We're going to have all these people stuff because Jacob was very, very wealthy, right? And they were like, we want all their stuff. 
and we want this daughter of his, right? So they convinced all the men, all the men are chilling out, you know, not chilling. They're in pain. And then, you know, it's like day two or something like that. Levi and Simeon enact their plan. They walk into that town and they take their swords out and kill everybody. The whole town. And Jacob is like, what have you done? You have made us a stench to everyone here. You didn't think about what you did. But Levi and Simeon were like, yo, we took care of business, right? And, and you know, sometimes guys are like that. We're like, hey, man, I did what I felt was right. <laughs> and usually it leads to trouble, right? We're told in the New Testament that hold off on your anger because man's anger very rarely leads to righteousness. Super rare. <laughs> very rare. So the Lord tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I find that very helpful in my life because I, in my flesh, am the opposite, opposite, right? I am quick to not listen, very quick to speak, and very quick to anger, right? And the Lord's like, you can't be like that. So you have to make a decision to follow after the Lord. So then they have to move away. But Jacob always remembers what they did. And this is what he tells Levi and Simeon. When the Lord gives us land, you will not have part of the inheritance. Right? So then we realize Levi doesn't get land. You guys already heard that, right? Because the Lord spoke prophecy through Jacob. Levi gets no allotment of land. They have to like live in borrowed land pretty much. They live in portions of land inside everybody else's land. So that's step one to the prophecy. The second one is this, that Simeon didn't get their own land. They got a portion of Judah's land. And if you look at their history, their land pretty much gets swallowed up and disappears within Judah. So there were Simeonites but they, they didn't have exact land because, because Judah took it over. Not, not on purpose. It's just Judah also had a prophecy that many kings would come through them and the everlasting king would come through them, right? But here's the beautiful thing about the Lord's prophecy, that even when we mess up, right, Okay, not only that, Simeon and Levi went into this town, killed everybody. Then all of the other brothers come along and they're like, what'd you guys do? You killed everybody. And, and then it, it's not like they were dissatisfied with it. What they did instead was they went and, and pickpocketed everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so all the sons are like, oh, guys, you killed the whole town. Quick, get their gold. Check that guy's wallet. He looks like he's wearing Gucci. <laughs> yeah, hey, just grab everything. You know, grab it all, let's go, <laughs> right? So it wasn't like, like, you know, they were living super moral lives, right? They were messed up. How many of you guys can actually, you know, kind of understand that, right? You know, like, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I love Jesus, and what you see in my life is Jesus' faithfulness to my life, right? 
It isn't that I have made every right decision as life has gone on, right? I still mess up. I still am, you know, wretched. But Jesus is good and he wipes me clean. Jesus is good and he leads me where I should be. There are times and there have been times in my life where I find myself in the muck and the mire. But I can say like the psalmist, you raised me up out of it. There have been times where my head is low because I have messed up. But this is what I do have. I trust that he will be good to me even when I have been faithless. For he is faithful to his plans. And I say, Jesus, forgive me. Help me to walk with you. I repent of what I've done. I don't want part of that anymore. You are my portion. You are my song. You are the one I love. I want to walk with you. You know what's something that only Jesus could make this prophecy become beautiful? Because Levi got no land, but we know that the Lord made this pronouncement. Levi, you will get no inheritance, no land, for I, the Lord, will be your portion. So instead of you know, just keeping them homeless, he said, you are not homeless. Your home is with me, right? Who got the better end of everything? Levi. So the Lord is like, I'm going to be true to the prophecy, but as you lean on me, I will make that prophecy beautiful. And then Simeon was like, oh no, we don't have land. But guess what tribe they got to hang out with all the time? the Messiah's tribe, right? So when we feel that we've messed up, and, and honestly, if you feel you've messed up, you're just being honest with your life, okay? I've messed up. If you guys could say the same thing in your life at times, hey, I'm gonna be honest with myself. You know, like, we know that sometimes we could sit there and be like, well, I haven't messed up like others. That's not what I'm asking you. What I'm telling you is that before the Lord, you have not lived perfect. Can we, can we uh, agree with that, right? Before the Lord, we have not lived perfect. We have done what scripture tells us, and we have sinned. We have messed up. But praise the Lord, he gives us the ability and that picture just like Simeon that we can hang out with the Messiah's people right? Just like that prophecy said to them, you won't have a homeland. You're not going to have a portion. In fact, it'll be taken away from you. And the portion that I did give you already belonged to somebody else, and they're going to take it back. And the Lord says, but though you have failed, though you have gone your own way, though you, you still go your own way at times, you can come to me and repent like it tells us. You know, I tell you this all the time because this is, this, this is my main thing. You know, the main thing that we have as Christians is we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. For when I have messed up, when I have thought thoughts that I shouldn't have, have thought, when I have done things I shouldn't have done, when I've said things I shouldn't have said, when I've, when I've gone places I shouldn't have gone, 
I know that my Savior, the Prince of Peace, the High Priest that lives forever, is willing to forgive me. And I can walk up to him and I could say, I have messed up. Forgive me. I want to walk with you. Forgive me. And he is faithful to do that. And then he gives me that same promise that he gives Levi and he gives Simeon. And he says, you will be a royal priesthood for me. You will be a royal priest. And you will walk among the Messiah's people. That's the promise he gives us. So though the prophecy is that, hey, we don't get anything because we're mess ups. Jesus Christ changes it for us. And he says, yeah, you don't deserve anything, but I'll give you everything because of the work that I did on the cross. I'll give you everything because you trust me, because you walk with me. I will make you a royal priesthood and I will let you walk with the Messiah's people. So let's walk with him today. You know, that's it. That's all we got today. That the Lord is good to us. So if you feel like you've messed up, just go to Jesus. Just repent before him. Ask him to strengthen you through his Holy Spirit to walk in the, in the light as he is in the light. And know that you have been given those promises that you are a royal priesthood and that you could be among his people and that you are of his people because he made you that through his work on the cross and through the work that he constantly does as he prays for us he intercedes for each one of us he knows your name and he doesn't only just know your name we're told in scripture he knows every facet of your life he knows how many hairs you have on your head or lack of okay he knows us your Savior knows you. Other people in this world may treat you differently because they don't know you. But Jesus knows you. He knows you. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for your prophecy. Lord, that what you say is true and comes true. And Lord, you see the beginning from the end and you know all things. Lord, we thank you that you win that we're on your team. And Lord, it's through your work that we're on your team, not because of what we have done, because Lord, we're mess ups, whether we want to take it or not, but we know in your word that it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and how our hearts lie to us to try to make us feel better about what we've done or what we're doing. But Lord, we know that we, we can be clean before you by just bringing it and saying, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I want to walk with you. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love to us. And Lord, we pray that we would be able to understand that foreshadowing that we see in your scripture in the Old Testament, Lord. Lord, that just like Levi, we have been made royal priests before you because of your work, Jesus. And just like Simeon, we can be among your holy people. Lord, 
the people of the Messiah. Thank you, Lord. And we praise you for that. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.